Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The moment has arrived. Love my people. Just the world is now. Your talent's alive. The queen is here. Hold for the camera. Tune in. Coming now for the even more fabulous. And 
we've got to be the we've got to be the leaders to let them know that we can be a good example. We can do that. And nobody's ever said it's going to be easy. It's, it's, and for me, it was a lifestyle change. I mean, I had to change, you know, from the inside out. And and my attitude toward food, because you know, food is our familiar. You know, we eat when we're happy. I I, I found out, you know, when I was going through my transition that uh, I'm an emotional eater. And I go, people think when you, when you say you're an emotional eater, it must be, you know, only when, you know, things are going on and when you're sad and you're blue and then, you you know, you start uh, eating up everything and going and dumping cake in the trash can and go back before the cooties get it and eat it, eat, take it out and eat it, eat the rest of it, you know. And it's that, it's that mindset. And I, I, like I said, I am an emotional, I, I was an emotional eater. I ate when I was happy. I ate when I was sad. I ate when I was mad. I ate when I was glad. And so, and it just kept going, you know, and I, I didn't even think about it. You know, I didn't think about, and I should have thought about that, because I'm going to tell you this, this is from experienced people. If I had known I was going to be blessed with this many years of life, I would have taken way better care of myself. As a teenager, you know, you think you're invincible, even in your 20s and sometimes in your 30s. Well, my 20s was kind of like a, a blur. But, you know, when I got to my mid-20s, I was, you know, I woke up and realized, oh, my goodness, I got to be a grown-up. I have to make grown-up decisions. And a lot of those grown-up decisions call for you to make a sacrifice to make a difference, and what are you willing to sacrifice? And I wasn't willing to sacrifice my life. I was like, okay, I'm only going to get this one in this particular body right here, and what am I going to do? I'm going to either trash it or take care of it because it's not really, you know, like an if come, you can because we think we can get away with a lot of stuff, you know. Oh, I, New Year's, I don't make New Year's resolutions. Because by January the 4th, I'm like, I done went, went off the reservation already. I'm like, mm-mm, I done left the tribe, the whole thing. I, you know, so I'm like, that's, that's, that just wasn't going to be the case. And as I got older and pieces parts start, you know, not doing what they were supposed to be doing, not what they were meant to be, uh, I was like, okay, well, we've got to do something. And I remember I was at this event. And, you know, we go to these Hollywood events, I'm saying, they have the best, Bread. I mean, I mean, I didn't understand how come the women came with these little teeny tiny pocket purses about this big. You know, they got it made out of lips or you know crystals or whatever. I'm bringing my big purse with some tin foil. I'm just keeping it real. I would bring my big purse and some tin foil, and I stop. I learned how to fold it up quietly because you know tin foil make a lot of noise. And so we would go, and they would have these. They have these huge spreads of food. I mean, it's just. So much food, you know, you can't eat it all, and it's like a, it's a buffet, or they have a carving station, they have a chef there carving off the lamb and the steak and the pork shoulders and carving up the turkey and everything, and and you're trying to put, get trying to get everything on your plate, but I mean, you can't eat that much. Your stomach is only, but your heart and your stomach are about the same size as your fist. That's what they said, you know. So you can't, you can only eat so much at a time. And then you know you got you know, got full. Now you you stuffing yourself, and now you feeling guilty because you ate too much. Oh God, I ate too much. Hey, Mark Williams, I sweetie pie. He's calling in, letting us know he's got, coming in from Cleveland Town. So you know what I'm talking about, Mark. You, you know what we we've been doing, you know, and all this other kind of stuff. 
And I remember growing up and we would see, you know, the, the grandmothers and the aunties in the wheelchair and a leg is missing. And, you know, little kids really don't have a filter, like seniors don't have a filter. And, you know, we would be, well, what happened to Big Mama's leg? Well, baby, oh, don't worry about that. That's just a little sugar. And I always thought, wait a minute. Isn't the same thing that you're doing? You're coming over to me and, and saying, come on, baby, give me a little sugar, and then my leg going to fall off. I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to want to be kissing on you uh, and giving you any sugar. And then I would say, oh, come over here, baby. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. So anyway, you know, we don't, we, one of the things that we really don't think about in our community, and I'm talking about our, our we people who are darker than blue in our communities, we don't uh, oftentimes think about nutrition. We don't think about the foods that we're eating or what's in the food that you're eating, what's processed. I mean, when you go in and, and you know, when I was making my transition, I became an avid label reader. Well, I actually became an avid label reader when I first got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And I'm they're like, okay, can't have any sugar, you can't have any of this, can't have too much salt, you can't do this, you can't eat that, you know, you can only drink water and eat your sandwiches. And I was like, okay, that's not going to work. We, we, we've got to find a, a better way to do that. And I remember going to the doctor, and uh, and they would, I mean, give you all kind of all kind of medications. And let me just say this, people: when you get a chronic condition or you in, in any kind of disease or ailment, you know, know your body better than the doctor does. The doctors are practicing medicine. You live in this. You live in this house. This is where all your stuff is. All the good stuff, all the bad stuff, all the crazy stuff. It's all in this house. So you got to be able to understand how your house works. And everybody's household is not is not run the same way. For the most part, they are. You know, houses got a roof and they got walls and they got windows and they got doors and we have all the other stuff. And then you put the stuff in it. Think of food like, this is really a, a crazy analogy, but I just thought about this. Think about food as like, like the furniture that you put in your house. And you, you, you're the house, and then you put in the, the food is going to be the furniture. You want a sofa, you want a love seat, you want a, a whatever it is that you want to put into your house. And you've got to be meticulous about that. You've got to be meticulous about what you're eating also. And one of the things I knew is, and I found out the hard, kind of like the hard way, people out here in California, a lot of them, don't cook. A lot of them say they don't know how to cook. A lot of them say they don't have time to cook. I don't like cooking. I, I can, It's easier for me to, you know, just go to the store and pick up something and, and, and just bring it home, and, it, and that's what we do. One of my girlfriends, God rest her soul, she had three kids, and these kids were uh, fed from a, from a fast food restaurant every day. And she invited, you know how some people invite you over to their house and you know, they really are not good housekeepers, you know, and, you know, it's one thing to be poor. It's another thing to be trifling and nasty. Well, anyway, we go over there. The first time I ever went over to her house, it was the last time I ever went over there. So uh, I asked her, I said, well, can I get a glass of water? She said, yeah, girl, go on in the kitchen because we came in through the, through the garage, and you had to come around the corner to get to her Man, it was so many uh, fast food buckets of chicken empty and, you know, wrappers from different kind of uh, fast food restaurants and, you know, these pastries that got everything in them. I mean, stuff, you should not eat anything that you cannot pronounce the ingredients in it. That's just, that's just my mantra, you know. And if you can't pronounce it, mm, and if you can't pronounce it, you don't want learn to cook. They got cookbooks galore everywhere. Everywhere. So you and now you got online. They got a billion 
places that you can go, you can land on them and make whatever it is that you want to make. As long as you can read and follow and understand what you're reading and follow directions, you can be a good cook. You can be a, a great cook if that's what you choose to do. You can find out because cooking is therapy. And so the therapy for me is, you know, putting all the ingredients together, then what are those ingredients going to be? And, like, I can't do it, like I told you, I can't do a diet. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I can't do a diet because I, w- I won't remember. I, I'm just saying. And I was saying earlier how we don't uh, think of, yeah, think of how we don't think of what we're eating as nutrition. You know, we don't think about it. You know, uh, uh, we, we, we just, oh, this tastes good. Oh, yeah, this will be all right. Oh, what? One 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 donut is not going to bother me. Uh, one bear claw, I, I can handle that. I can have a bear claw a week. Okay. But think about that. If you want, make that for yourself and think about what nutrition is and how it is for you. Because when you think about it, you, you know, you can't do a lot of stuff when your brain is not being fed, when your body is not being fed properly. I used to say to people, I couldn't drink water. Okay, now that was just stupid because your body is pretty much all water, what, 70%? And I, I didn't want to drink water. I didn't like the way it tasted. Water has no taste. You have to put the lemon and all the other stuff in it. And I was like, I, I'm, now I can drink. I can drink my body weight in, in water a day. Okay, and but it keeps me flushed out. It keeps, look how pretty my skin is. Look at this. That's it. And that's coming from staying hydrated. Okay, and some other stuff, too. Okay, makeup don't hurt either. Okay, I'm just saying. But it's in, not but, and it's important what you are doing with your body, what you're going to do with it, you know, and how are you going to do it. You know, and then as you get older, you know, and you've been, say you've been carrying all this weight around. I remember I was at a at a, a soiree with, you know, with the red carpet and the rope and, you know, everything. And we were walking down the red carpet, and, you know, I was waiting my turn. And um, so when we get there, uh, as soon as I, as soon as I, you know, they say what what they were gonna say. This is Mother Love, and she does this, that, and the third. And I walked through, and I just had to stop and lean on the uh, the pole that holds the red rope up. And I just felt like I felt like I was literally just disintegrating on the inside. And everybody was, you know, they were all full of mirth and merriment, and it was a happy occasion. And my husband came over, and he said, "Well, what's the matter?" I said, "I just don't feel good." don't feel good. I don't feel right. Um, we, I, I just want to go home. And when I got home, I, I didn't say anything from the time we got in the car to the time we got out the car. And he kept saying, well, he didn't keep saying. He was, you know, he was just, he was just quiet and he was, you know, just concerned about me. And when we got in the house, I said, uh, I, I don't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And he was like, what do you mean you can't do what anymore? I said, I cannot carry this weight around on me anymore. I feel like I'm dying on the inside. My knees hurt. My shoulders hurt. My back hurt. My hair was hurting. And it wasn't even my hair. Okay, well, I bought it, but still. Nonetheless, and I just didn't feel right. That night, I I promised myself, and, and I, I prayed to God, please give me the strength to go on this journey and change my life. And I did, and that's exactly what I did. And, you know, a lot of people that get, get be in your family and in your circle and carry it on, you know, when you go to make, a, like, a lifestyle change or, or a, a lifestyle change, 
you know, whatever it is, if you're getting married, if you're going to college, if you're having kids, or whatever it is, it's going to always be naysayers. So just, you know, just put them in the, put them in your rearview mirror. And no, not all you got to do, you don't even have to keep your head on the swivel to look back there and see if they're there because you're going to just keep on moving. Keep it moving. And I, I remember when I would, I would, you know, get a great recipe or, you know, find out something I could do. And how, how can I, you know, how because I hate exercise, okay, but I hated being weak more than I hated exercise. And, you know, we think about exercise, got to go in the gym and got to put on sweats and got to go through all of this rigmarole and you don't know where them people have been touching on who, they, who they've been sweating over. Oh, it's just, it just feels something to me. So I learned how to, you know, walk around the neighborhood. I've got me a walking team. Mother loves sugar-free strollers. Yes, we do. I get up every morning, 7 o'clock to 7.45, and we will walk for 45 minutes just around the neighborhood. And a lot of them will say, I didn't even know this was here. So explore your neighborhood. You don't necessarily have to join a gym. You can be the gym. You know, you don't have to be out there running, you know, on concrete or anything like that. But you can, you, you know, you can do something. Dancing. See, I love to dance. Oh, man, and I got good rhythm. I got a good beat. I got good things going on. And so I, I like to dance. And, you know, when you're dancing, when you're in your garden, I was trying to play a farmer in the backyard. Yeah, that didn't – well, it, it was working. We grew tomatoes and we grew uh, – wait, what happened? We're having technical difficulties. Oh, we are having we're technical difficulties. We're trying to bring in our guest. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, because I'm like, yes, oh, yes, no, you to bring I'm guest working in. to bring in our guest. His name is Robert Ferguson. He is the founder of Diet Free Life. I was going to segue into that because this is a diet free life, and he talks to us about uh, scientifically validated nutrition that he can tell us about that will help reduce inflation. You know, they said that's where the doctor said that's where a lot of our ailments come from from inflammation. Arthritis is from inflammation, and and, and when your organs and, and what have you are swelling up in your head, think about it like okay. This is an analogy, okay? If you drink alcohol and then you start going from being sober till you get in a buzz and then you get a little, you get a bigger buzz and you can feel all, all your organs are swelling up, your brain is swelling up, your heart is swelling up, everything on the inside is swelling up. And that's why, you, you know, a lot of people can't handle, you know, alcohol. So you got to think about that and that causes inflammation, you know, and, and, and when you think about it, well, you think about it, all the stuff that can give you inflammation. Oh, and they got all these, um, you know, the infomercials on. Well, we could tell you how to get rid of your inflammation. We could tell you how to get rid of neuropathy. We could tell you how to, you know, you can, you know, be free of sciatica pain. And, and they go, they say, this is going to be a short video. And then you look up and they, you have given up an hour and 15 minutes worth of your time because the video could be for an hour. And then they're giving you 15 minutes about why you should buy two, three, four, five, six of these bottles. Because if you don't, then you're going to always feel bad. And very few of them, especially the, the, the supplements, they don't have to be regulated by the FDA. Did you know that? You could have a, have a vitamin or a mineral named after you. Is that what we're doing? Okay. Uh, vitamins and minerals. And, and, and just, to, you know, because we take a lot of vitamins and minerals. Most of, the, most of the pills that I take are supplements. And some of them, I, I think, work, but then they can also be a placebo, and it could just be in my head. I don't know. Yeah, because I believe that everything we can, everything that you need to eat is all in the nutrients you need to earn. Welcome to Block Talk Radio. Okay, wait a minute. Oh, Lord, what's happening over here? What? Hello? Okay. Hello? 
Hello? Hello, hello? Is this Robert? This is Robert? Yes. I Thank you, thank you, thank you. We were having such difficulty. I don't know what's going on. See, that, that'd be the evil stuff. What? Okay, I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Okay. It's, okay, can you hear me now? I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. Okay, I did that. Okay, we're going to... Okay, so we, we, we can... Can you hear me clearly? I can hear you clearly, yes. Can you hear me, Robert? I can hear you, yes. Okay. We can we can hear each other. Well, let me give this gentleman a proper introduction after we have all of these. See, that's why they tell me don't touch the buttons. I didn't touch the buttons this time. Robert Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> you know how crazy my world is. Thank you for your patience and, you know, just hanging right on in there with us. Because what you're talking about is, is very important, especially as our health and nutrition is concerned. Robert Ferguson, he is the founder of Diet Free Life and talking about food for life. He is a best-selling author, a nutritionist, a researcher, a speaker, and a board member of the Presidential Task Force on Obesity for the National Medication Association. And many people have no idea that insulin resistance is the cause of their health problems. Welcome to the program, Robert Ferguson. Tell us about how you even got involved in nutrition and, and wanting to do this. Diet free life. Well, you know, well, I'm a I'm a mama's boy. So being a mama's boy, I saw my mom battling with her weight for years. And so as I grew up and got into a position where I was starting to follow suit, I was like, hey, I need to learn how to eat. <laughs> and so that's really where it started. And from there, everything the universe started working with me, put me in touch with the right people put me in a place where I continue to learn, went back, got an education on dietetics, and put together a program that's helped thousands, if not millions of people, not only live their healthiest life while eating regular everyday foods, but put them in a position where 92% of my clientele were able to get people from being a type 2 diabetic to being in remission. And some people, we've literally reversed their type 2 diabetes. You know, and I, I've talked to uh, clinicians and physicians, and they always want to say, oh, well, no, you can't reverse diabetes. Oh, no, you have to take this medication. Oh, you have to do this, that, and the third. But they always want to keep you on some kind of prescription because the money is not in a cure for diabetes. The money is not in people eating well and taking better care of themselves and taking better care of their families. It's in the management. And you're saying that people can eat regular, everyday food like Mama used to cook, you know, well, maybe not necessarily as fatty as it was, but then when I was growing up, because I'm a baby boomer, and when I was growing up, we could eat whatever we want because we went outside and played it all off. You know, you didn't just sit around and look at television. You know, we, we had that. We Our curfew was you better be home before the streetlights come on. So that That's means right. you have to go outside and play, and we don't play anymore. We don't send the kids, and it's gotten so dangerous that you don't want to send your kids out. How do we talk to people and get them to understand the importance of taking care of themselves so they can take care of others? Well, you know, like Mother Love, you know how it is. Right now we live in a world 
where there's so much confusion around nutrition that no one really knows where to go. Like no one knows what to believe. And I think that's our biggest challenge is who's right. You know, then the government comes out one week, eggs are not good. The next week, eggs are okay. Uh, two weeks from now, they'll say stop drinking, drinking coffee. Uh, a month later, coffee's okay. <laughs> so where do you go? And so I, that's one of my goals is I want to be a resource for people who want the truth about food. So when you said the truth about food, what, how are we being misguided? You know, one of the things I think we're being misguided on is a lot of the processed foods because they before remember they used to didn't have labels on 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 food, especially processed food. Yeah. Then when they had to start putting labels on it, then it became you know so small that you really couldn't even see the fine. You know, you couldn't even see it. And you know, if you're in there and you're you know you and you should never go to the store hungry. I know that. And and read the labels. You wouldn't eat half of that. What are we being, uh, where are we being misguided about food? Well, okay, let's just start with um, sweeteners. If you go to the World Health Organization's website right now, they will tell you to not use sweeteners, to include stevia, Splenda, Equal, uh, Sweet and Low. They'll say those are not good. We don't recommend them. But then if you go from that site, to the American Heart Association, they'll say, oh, sweeteners are great. That's better than going with regular sugar. So is there, we live in a place of hypocrisy and contradiction. Who's right? Who's wrong? And that's where we got to find, we got to get out of the gray area and get to the truth. And so I know that, for instance, if you consume a zero-calorie sweetener, it can cause you to gain weight, and it can also cause you to become insulin resistant, but it's zero calories. See, okay, but you know, it's something in there that's causing you to to gain the weight. You know, one of one of my friends was is a where she's a, she retired from being a hairstylist, and she lived on Cool Filter Kings and soda. I mean, I, she could drink a case of soda pop, you know, in, in a day, and I was like. You know, back then it was like you know six six bottles in the in in the in the carton, and she could go through that. And I was like, when do you eat? Oh, I don't need to eat, girl. I just need to smoke a cigarette and have a, have drink some of my cola. And I'm like, and she was getting <laughs> bigger and bigger, and she was not a big person in the first place. She really was not. And she just said, girl, I don't know where this weight is coming from. I, I you know, I, I don't know what's going. To come to find out, she went to the doctor. She was insulin resistant. There you go. And that's exactly what happens. The sweeteners will cause you to become insulin resistant. And, and here's, here's the, the real take home, because you're on it. We live in a world where everything has, is about glucose. Everybody's constantly looking at glucose. What is your hemoglobin A1C? What was your fasting glucose? Well, the real culprit is not glucose. It's fasting insulin is learning about this thing called hyperinsulinemia. Before your glucose goes up, you have elevated levels of insulin, and that is what's driving migraines and high blood pressure. That comes before you find out you're a type 2 diabetic. So if you become a type 2 diabetic for about 10, 15, 20 years, you had elevated insulin. The injustice is that the doctors don't test your fasting insulin. They test your glucose, so they chase the symptoms 
and they never address the cause. And the cause is one of the causes are the these artificial sweeteners. And one of the things you know that you see, they kept telling us, you know, the, the American Diabetes Association, American Heart Association, they were like, okay, high fructose corn syrup is is really bad for you. But when you look at a ninety seven million different products, the first ingredient, high fructose corn syrup. Yep, and high so fructose I- corn syrup. I mean, it causes insulin resistance. It also shows up as fatty liver. I mean, if you go back to 1979, no one had non-alcoholic fatty liver. Today, at least 25% of all adults walking around, male and female, have non-alcoholic fatty liver, which is a symptom of insulin resistance. So we, we, so do we, are we being misled about, you know, diabetes and what we can do and what we cannot do. Because I had a doctor tell what? me one time, uh, I mean, I said, what what can I do to, to help me reduce weight? I want to take, a, you know, another pill. You know, what can I do? He said, well, you just need to go on insulin. And I said, well, but I don't want to go on insulin. There's got to be something else that I can do that I can take control of, as, you know, besides just going on insulin. He said to me, to my face, he said, well, you might as well just go on insulin because most fat black women like you are not going to follow the protocol anyway, so why don't you just go on insulin because you're not going to follow the protocol? And I was like, he did not just tell me most fat black women are just... <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, and, and that's someone telling you, think about the people and how they're saying it to so many other people that's not mother love. to me like this, and you know I could go and bust you out on the radio and on TV in a two-tweet, what are you saying to your other patients? He said, well, I'm just going to tell you, they don't want to follow the protocol, and I'm tired of them coming in talking about their feet swelling up, and they have a heart problem because they don't want to follow, and you're just going to be like the rest of them. I said, well, no, because first of all, you're mistaken. I am not a fat black woman. I'm a large brown-skinned woman. My jacket is black. Give me your phone. And he was an endocrinologist. I called my primary care physician. I didn't even know the man could use language like that. He went up one side of him and down the other one and got me another ink. I got another doctor. And that's another thing. You know, we don't want to go to the doctor. We want to wait till it's all late. You know, and they're talking about cutting off your toe. You know, and the doctor told you you were insulin resistant. And that's, that's, the, that's the obstacle that I see, that people just simply don't want to listen. They don't want to do the work, but they want the results. And then they go on these different diets because they got a new one. Okay, can you go go through some of these diets and maybe help us understand them better? Because you talk about a diet-free life. Now they got a new one. I don't know if this is new or not. Intermittent fasting. Okay, I'm saying yep, that's, the- that's another new one. The, the intermittent fasting? Yep, that's another new one. I don't understand it's, that um, one. Then you eat, and then you don't eat for for a long time? Correct. So intermittent fasting is one of those things that looks like it's a good thing, and it may actually work for some people on the outside. But what happens is if you're a woman, let's say over the age of 50. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And you start to do intermittent fasting. Well, you're not eating for a long period of time, and your body is looking for protein. And if you're not right. getting protein when your body is looking for it, guess what? It's going to rob your skeletal muscle of protein, and that's going to put you in an extremely vulnerable place. And what so about it looks like it's working, but it's not working. It, it might be working on the outside, but it's doing more some other kind of damage on the inside. And for, okay, exactly. for people like that, I was like intermittent fasting, and I think it, I don't know how many hours it is that you go. I have to eat. Uh, I have to eat like at least three or four times a day, you know, every so every so often. I couldn't even go eight hours without eating, without getting loopy, you know. And most of us don't, you know. You see people that's why they put vending machines in offices because they're working and they don't get up and eat breakfast. And is breakfast still considered the most important meal of the day? I would say is is one hundred percent the most important meal of the day, and I have reasons to like back that up. Because it's all about skeletal muscle as you get older. If you lose, like, for instance, let's say you lose weight and you're 60 years old, and if 8% of that weight comes from your skeletal muscle, you just increase your chances of heart attack by 300%. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait. So when you lose wait. skeletal muscle, that's... And, I'm listening. Oh. <laughs> wait, 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 listen, we're already backtracking, and now you're saying if you lose skeletal muscle, and as we get older, our muscles do thin out, especially if you're not, if you're not a really active person, and they thin out. And if you lose weight too fast, you know, something can happen. They put me on a medication, and I lost 41 pounds in a month, in like three months. I take that back over the summer, 41 pounds. And I was like, how come my clothes aren't fitting me? And my husband kept saying, you're losing way too fast. You're losing way too fast. It was the medication. And oftentimes they give you medications that have these adverse side effects. And how do we, how can right. we even you know, how can we even maneuver through that when we're trying to, you know, eat a decent diet? You know, we, we, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't, a lot of us, especially after you get a certain age, you're not going to the bathroom too regular, and that can be a problem as well. What ought we ought to be doing, and how can we reverse uh, inflammation? Because there's, um, uh, you said that there is scientifically validated nutrition to reduce inflammation. And, you know, we hear all of this now about the gut. Yet everything starts in the gut. Talk about that for us. Well, the gut is like, I mean, think about mental health, right? People talk about it a lot. But here's the reality. Like, if I ask you, where is serotonin produced? Do you know? In my brain. And that's what most people will say. But 93% of serotonin 
93% is produced in your gut, called your gut microbiome. So if you have a disrupted, if you have a disrupted gut, then you're going to have some mental health challenges. So get your gut in check, and then you'll notice you don't need SSRIs, right? I don't need to take depression medication because I got my gut health in check. Really? Yeah. Now that it, it makes sense because all the all of our pieces parts have to work together. You know, our brain talks to the rest of our body, and our body talks to our brain. So that makes a lot of sense. And is that one of the we hear that when you when you're carrying your weight around the middle, that's when it can be really dangerous. You know, when you look at, I mean, you can look at some people, and from the back they look all right. They turn around, and their stomach gets there before the rest of them gets there. And, <laughs> and so you've seen it. You know, I, I, I've seen it. I mean, I see. And what what's scary and frightening to me is our young people. We have a, a serious obesity problem among our young kids. I mean, these kids are being diagnosed with type two diabetes at thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years old. You know, they're drinking liters of soda and all this processed food and not wondering, well, I don't really eat a lot, uh, but you drink a, uh, a liter of soda pop. They, they say it has so much sugar in it that sugar, the, our white refined sugar is 10 times more potent and addictive than cocaine. That, that ought to tell you something right there, don't you think? Well, I mean, it says a lot, but... It's not even the obvious things like sugar in a soda that's causing the problems. It's the things that we're not even assuming would cause the problems, like agave nectar, right? So I've seen people buy tea who are real health-conscious people, and they'll buy agave and then use that instead of honey. Well, agave is like 90% made up of fructose. See, they give it a fancy name, but it's really And, and, oh yeah, with, that's that's the that's the world we live in. So how how can we wean ourselves? Where do we start? Because everybody's not at the same place. You know, I I I wanted to lose weight for my health reasons, and you know, heart attacks and diabetes ran rampant in my family. We started out eight in our family, in our immediate family, there are two of us left out of eight of our immediate family members. And I said, hmm. well, I. I didn't want to live unhealthy. You know, I wanted to, you know, make a change in my life. And one of the, the biggest things I did was quit smoking cigarettes. And then I said, okay, I can quit smoking cigarettes and, you know, quit some other, some other of my bad, costly habits and turn my life around and get, get myself. I'm still a work in progress. Don't get me wrong. I am still a work in progress. There are plenty of things that I still got time to, got time to do. And that's why I wanted to talk to you about it because, you're saying that we are being misguided about the food that we eat. Get us on the right track, because you said we can do this eating regular, everyday food. We can, but there's a there's a learning curve, right? So it's more of how do I get what I know to be something that everyone else knows? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it comes down to. If I can – I want to give everyone the knowledge and insight that I have so that they become informed – and once you're informed, you're less likely to be influenced by people who are misinformed. That makes a lot but that's where we got to go. Yeah, that's where we got to go. So, you know, one of the things that I'm doing, like I have this thing I'm doing called Food as Medicine. Uh-huh. It's a virtual, 
conference, and I'll, I'll, I'll send you access to it because it starts on October 27th, 28th, and it's a virtual conference, so if people can be there live, great. If they can't, it, uh, it has an on-demand feature to it. And the goal is just to get people informed. I'm, I just want to give away the knowledge. You know, as Jack LaLanne told me back in the day, he says, Robert, if you're excited about something and you really want to make a difference, don't keep what you know a secret. You need to start sharing. Wow, you met Jack LaLanne? I not only have, did I meet him, I knew Jack extremely well and oh, uh, spent wow. a lot of quality time with him. He, 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 really changed, he really changed the world of exercise and nutrition. And it's good to know that you're, you picked up the gauntlet and continue to grow with it. Now, can you talk about the, the, uh, the uh, conference that you're having and the metabolic matrix? I was fascinated about that. Tell us about the metabolic matrix. Oh, nice, matrix. yeah. Oh, the metabolic matrix. I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> well, you don't miss anything, do you? <laughs> uh, you're, you're, you're on top of things. I, I appreciate that because the matrix is – well, a, a lot of the majors is looking at how food not only just helps us with weight loss and all those things, but the connection between what's grown in the ground and what you end up consuming on your plate. So we're talking about overall health. That's part of the connection. As you just mentioned, there's a connection to the brain because a lot of people don't want Alzheimer's, but yet we're seeing more and more people experiencing dementia and Alzheimer's and we have a pretty good inclination on why so many people are falling prey to dementia and Alzheimer's. And the biggest what? culprit in that space is high fructose corn syrup. Now, isn't that something? And these, these are the yeah. products that get, get through the federal, the Food and Drug Administration when they know right. that it's, it's like they're creating, they're, they're making new patients. You know, like like it's like a vicious circle. Okay, we know that this is bad, but most people will eat it because it tastes good, and then we'll just deal with it later. All right, so you so. so all right, well, I'm gonna share something. I'm gonna I'm gonna share something with you that's gonna make you fall over. You ready? But let me hold on to something because okay. you know I'm trying to fall over. I'm ready. <laughs> well, all right. So we know that that sweetener aspartame. There's a lot of companies, organizations that say it's carcinogenic. It causes cancer. But yet it's in almost everything, right? Chewing gum, drinking a diet soda, it's everywhere. Guess who owns aspartame? Take a wild guess. Tell me it's DuPont. Not DuPont, but Pfizer. The, the pharmaceutical company? Exactly. Oh, so, you you That's already nailed it. You didn't even know that, but you were you're right on point. Mm-hmm. Please, and and, and I gotta right. tell you this: diabetes and, and all of the all of the the other maladies that come from ha- having diabetes and not taking care of taking care of people is a three hundred and eighty five billion dollar every three hundred and sixty five days industry. They make money yeah. hand over fist. One company has a lock on kidney dialysis centers, and they don't advertise, and there's a privately held company, DaVita. They don't let other people in. You can't buy a, a, a kidney dialysis machines. If you go to open up, open up one, they will shut you down. They got a lock on this. So my, it's not really conspiracy theory because that means we're making it up. 
but Pfizer owns the owns the uh, aspartame. They told us they had to take it out of everything, but they put it back. Are they calling it something? Yeah. Well, you know, the goal is let's let's keep you kind of sick and sick enough where we have to give you some of our other medications. So, so one day I was given an opportunity to present an award to Dick Gregory. And I looked up to Dick Gregory and wanted to meet him because, you know, at one point he had the Bohemian Diet, if you remember that. And Dick was known for, like, health as well as civil rights and being a comedian. So I'm there and we meet my – I introduce Dick to my friend. His name was Bernando. Bernando was 113 years old and never went to the hospital, never got sick. And Dick was 83 at the time, and he says, Robert, the insurance healthcare world, they hate him. And I was like, they hate who? He goes, they hate Bernando. Because if everybody was like that, they would shut down. The healthcare industry is a 113. 113. well, you know, if we get together next month for National Diabetes Awareness Month, I'll, I'll share some pictures with of Bernando because he was the epitome of health. And, you know, the day that he died at 114 years old, he had a little cough, which he never had a little cough, but he had a cough. And um, he closed his eyes and he passed. That was Boom. it. That was awesome. That was it. And yep. they have uh, they have uh, people some people that live in China that live to be that age and they don't get sick. I mean they've got you know complete control of their faculties. You can see that they're aging from their skin, but not from their activity. I mean they're stooping and bending and planting and you know laughing and joking and everything. And that's what I say. A lot of people don't think that they deserve to be in good health. And when you think about that, there's somebody that you knew. You know, well, you knew Jack LaLanne and Dick Gregory. I did get to meet Dick Gregory and spend some time with him. That was awesome. And he said I was a very funny lady. And he said, you're smart. Do people know how smart you are? I was like, shh, don't tell people that. Just hold that down. And we just had a great time. And and he was really about, especially people in our community, about understanding good nutrition and how important it was because he lived a long time as well. And that's what we can look forward to because we can take control of a lot of the things that we're, we're that we're going through that we don't necessarily have to go through, and, and that is like taking control. I want to he- hear some more about that when you know you say regular everyday food. I mean, I eat regular everyday food, and I do eat some things. Uh, I'm we're big on fruits and vegetables, you know. And after you get to BRA, you need to be on a lot of fruits and vegetables. But start before your before you know you get to adulthood. Let me ask you this, Robert. You said you was a mama's boy. When you was growing up, were you allergic to food or any kind of food? No, there wasn't a lot of people allergic to food back then compared to now. Why do you think that is? I mean, because kids would say, well, I don't eat broccoli. I don't eat Brussels sprouts. I don't eat this. I'm allergic to peanut butter. I'm allergic to kiwi. I found out pine nuts didn't like me and neither does kiwi like me. And so, and I didn't even know that because I had never eaten pine nuts before. And I ate the pine nuts at the fair. My face swelled up real big, and they were like, okay, you're allergic to pine nuts. This is an allergic reaction. 
don't have to have pine nuts like ever again. But I don't remember getting sick from food or being allergic to food when we were growing up. And you ate what was put on the table. You ate what was put on well, the table. Well, if you talk to enough gastroenterologists, they will confirm what you just said. So what happens is kids aren't eating the way you ate and the way I ate. We ate what was given to us. There wasn't options. And you had to eat it. Well, when you do that, your gut, your microbiome, which you hear people talking about, your microbiome is given to you by your mom at birth. Once you have that microbiome, it's nurtured based on the foods that are introduced to you, right? So from breast milk, eating broccoli, the peanut butters, and your gut acclimates to the foods that you're eating, and it learns to flourish. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all begins. Today, you got kids whose parents are on a keto diet. They're not eating normally. The kids dictate what is eaten in the house. You have all of these nuances that's creating this space or this gap where we're not eating the way we once ate. And so the gut has changed. So if you didn't eat peanut butter as a kid and then you bring it in at 7 for the first time at school, you may have a negative reaction. It's kind of like, you know, going over to a foreign country after you're a teenager and eating some of the foods. They may not go well with your gut. So our environments, right. So so that's what we have going on right now. We have a fascination with dieting, avoiding food, not eating fruits and vegetables because a lot of parents are like, well, honey's high in sugar anyway. And that's a downright lie. And these are the same people doing keto-friendly, like, stuff and sweeteners. Like, come on. See, that, that, you know, that's what, where people get confused because it's like you said earlier. We don't know who to believe. <clears throat> we don't know who to believe, the paleo, the low-carb, the vegetarian. What's the difference between a vegetarian and a vegan diet? <clears throat> Excuse me. And the new one, intermittent fasting. That means you go hungry for a long time and then you start eating. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Your body will start to retaliate, I would think. It and makes no sense, but yet, you know, well, it doesn't make sense, but when you have someone who looks fit and you have someone who has a million followers, then people are going to do what that person is encouraging them to do. And because what, it, we're not a – what's that? Go ahead. No, I'm you saying so – well, we, we're, we're no longer looking at facts. We're more into, like, if everyone's running left, let's follow them. <laughs> but then it, it could be leading you off the left cliff, too. They could be leading well, it you is. Down. It is leading. Yeah. Right now, to, like, think about this. Today you have more young people under the age of 35 that are being diagnosed with cancer than any other time since we've been recording it. That is scary. And, and from yeah. what I can understand, especially young black women, they're developing a very aggressive form of cancer under 35. I've oh, seen this. It's oh, I'm bad. telling you right now, it's, it's so bad. Like this morning, like if you look at black folks, we are just, it's almost like it's it's been planned. Um, like a black woman is, is, and man is more likely to be amputated if they get type 2 diabetes, like three, 
three times more compared to a Caucasian, you know, uh, counterpoint. You have uh, black women are more likely to d- discover they have breast cancer at stage three, stage four, compared to, you know, a Caucasian, which they're going to catch it at stage one. You have obesity right now for black women in America is at 67%, whereas the national average with everyone else is 43%. And and, and a lot of it is uh, emotional eating. Women have gone, you know, have gone through traumatic phases in their lives and food is their familiar and they get comfortable, you know, because that's the one thing that doesn't let them down. They know they can cook a good meal and they can eat as much as they want and then they feel guilty and it's a vicious cycle that you have to get off. And I think it, it's, I believe it starts with your mindset, you know, because if you believe you can do a thing, you could do a thing. If you believe you can't do a thing, you can't do that thing. So either way, you're going to be right. I would rather say I want to do the thing. And if it, if it were easy, everybody would do it, and it's not. It's a mindset. And we, we can reverse okay. it. But, but Mother Love, what if it what if it was easy? See, everybody I mean, we, jump and that's why you know I, no. that's why what you're doing and and have followed you and will continue to because when you talk the first thing you said when we had our very first conversation low those many years ago when you were talking about diet free life and I'm like uh-huh. and when you met me I was a big girl I was a big girl and. You you know, and you explained to us about nutrition and the importance of it, and that it could re, you you could do all these things, and then you added new things, and you got new things that you want to teach people. Now, tell us again about the uh, about the food for life, uh, food is medicine, uh, the the conference that you have coming up. So we have a food as medicine conference. Uh, it's actually a conference course slash certification. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to certify people to share with other people food is medicine. And so when I first surveyed people about medicine, some people think medicine is something that's toxic and can kill you, and some people think medicine can save you. So it helps to, like, bring clarity to that. And then if you ask people what is food, you get a whole bunch of different answers, right? (laughs) So if you ask your audience and say, hey, you guys, define food. Can someone define food for me? Everyone's going to say something totally different. But what is it? And that's our the nourishment for our bodies. Right, something that nourishes your body for growth, something that contributes to your body. That's food. So does high fructose corn syrup is that food? That's a that's some kind of chemical stuff. No. See, right. So it doesn't. Who grows out of the ground or on a tree or on a bush? You know, and I, and I if it swims, I'm gonna eat it. I'm telling you, I I love fish. I could eat it every single day. I could eat fish. Yes, I could. And that and that was another thing because I, I'm changing my eating habits because I stopped eating red meat. And that's what uh, Miranda um, Hopkins said. She said she started replacing her three meal her uh, her three meals with fresh fruit and vegetables and and vegetable juice. And she stopped eating red meat. I'm there with you. I stopped eating red meat 45-something years ago, you know. And I was like, okay, so, so, so can, can, I ask, can I ask you a question? Sure. So why did you stop eating red meat? I couldn't get it out of my system. 
I got so sick from it. I was sick as a dog. I, I could I could I could not pass it. It was just like a big brick in my stomach. And it got so bad, uh, I was starting to get toxic. And so I said, something is wrong. i got to go to the doctor. My eyes turned really, really red and really funny colors. My breath smelled funny. I, I just felt sick. And they found out that I had an intestinal blockage because I had uh, undigested flesh in my system. And I said, God, you get me off this table because they was rotor-rooting me. I was drinking stuff and going, drinking stuff and going. It was like 12 hours. I thought I was going to die. And then they were giving me liquids to keep me hydrated. And I was like, mm, I will not have to pray about this ever again. And I never ate red meat again. I quit eating pork because it kept giving me a headache, you know. And everybody was like, you know, especially at our house, they cooking 50 pounds of chitlins and hog malls and fat back and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm not <laughs> oh, Now, you shouldn't eat anything that starts with chitlins. That's just me. And I wouldn't eat it. And they were like, oh, you think you're better than everybody? I said, no, I just don't like that. And then when I did try that, I did try it, I had the worst headache like ever. And I said, I'm not going to do this again either. And I have not eaten red meat or pork since I've been out here. I haven't eaten pork since I've been out here in California. And I've been out here for, since 1989. And so oh, it, was, wow. it was a shame, you know, and I don't miss it. But I did say this. If they come to tell me, they say, Mother Love, you got three months to live. I'm going to go get me a case of ribs and a pork shoulder and pork chops and some bacon. And I'm going to have me a feast for the week. And my body probably <laughs> completely shut down. It won't kill me, but it is shut it down. But, but seriously, I, I don't miss it. I really don't. And you learn to eat other foods. And I don't cook with salt either. That's another thing. I don't cook with salt. Hey, I need your... And he's joining, she's joining us. Hi, y'all. How y'all doing? So, uh, uh, one of, somebody has a question. So, who are people body weight being compared to? She's asking. So, who are Whose body weight is Right, because, you know, they got the body mass index. And they say if you got, uh, what, 25% of a body mass index, you're considered obese. Okay, but. Really? Well, is that the. Case? the, the the body mass index was created in around 1835 by a guy named Adolf Ketelet, and it was based on cadavers of four to six white men. And at that time, we were shorter. There was nothing in place for women. That didn't come until the early 1900s. So, yes, the BMI is not accurate. Unfortunately, it's a measurement that is used around the world to collect data, but it's not accurate. So... That question is a great question because a lot of people are being condemned to be obese, and they're not. You don't have to be. Okay. Uh, I, I, we we have in America, uh, it's our it's called the standard American diet. And they were telling us, you know, we got the food pyramid. Remember, all the stuff was on the bottom, and then the, the stuff you couldn't eat was on the top. And then they said, no, we got to turn it upside down. It's like you were saying earlier. They would t- tell us, well, eggs are bad for you. Now they're good for you. You shouldn't drink coffee. You shouldn't drink tea. That's bad for you. Don't drink milk. Drink milk. You know, and, and, and so on and so forth. And what I found out is most of us, m- most people of color, Italian people, Jewish people, black people, Latino people, a lot of us are dairy intolerant. We can't even digest yes. lactose. 
I can't digest lactose. And I'm going to tell you why I know I can't digest lactose because, for me, people milk is for baby people. Cow milk is for baby cows. Cow milk is not for baby people. Our son did not drink cow milk. I think he was six, and he went to spend some time with with our with our family in Ohio. And well, we all lived in Ohio and Cleveland. And he was spending some time with them. And he ate. They gave him a bowl of cereal, you know, with milk. This child got so sick it wasn't even funny. They didn't know what was going on. I said, Did y'all feed him cow milk? They was like, Yeah. I said, He doesn't. He don't drink cow milk. His body totally rejected it. Totally, and you, that brought up a point when you said about peanut butter earlier. You know that that body, your body won't won't recognize it because you don't have your what is it called your bio your microbiome. Pronounce that for me. That's right. Your That's microbiome. Your microbiome. Yep. What that is, just you know, kind of quick. What that is, so they when they hear it, they'll know it. Well, your microbiome is your intestinal tract. It goes from your mouth all the way to your anus. Everything in there that includes your small intestine, your large intestine, your large intestine is your colon. That's all of your microbiome. And in there you have 38 trillion microbes that are very important. And Aristotle years ago, not Aristotle, but Hippocrates once said that all disease begins in the gut. That was over uh, 2,000 years ago, and he's right. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And, and it still is the same because the human bodies are still made the same with all of those. And my thing is, who counts 300 trillion uh, microbes? And, and, and the fact that when your gut is not healthy, the rest of you will not be healthy. So, again, you're exactly. having the conference for certification. This is coming up October 27th and 28th of this year. Yep. This year, 2023, it's called Food as Medicine. And if they go to my website, you can learn more. There's a there's one button on there because we're actually working on my site as we speak that the person can click on. It says just click on the little lines if you're on your phone and you'll see food as medicine. Click on that and then you'll find out everything about it. Well, thank you so much and thank you for your patience with, for you know at the beginning. We really appreciate everything that you're doing. Know that you're always welcome here because we are never going to get enough information about good nutrition. And I thank you that you are on our side. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Ferguson, the founder of Diet Free Life and Food for Life. And we know you know we love you, and there's nothing you can do about mother loving you. Remember this, no matter how big or tall, short or small, thick or thin, it matters not what skin you're in. Everybody needs some mother love now and then. Thank you, Miranda, and, and all of you all who chimed in with us. Have a blessed one. Everybody be good to yourself and start learn to eat well. You deserve to be in good health. All of us do. Peace and blessings, people. Hello, please leave a message after the tone.